just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Next Level Guy Show podcast with your host, Ian Dawson Mackay. Today's guest is Amanda Bobby Cooper. Amanda is an American mixed martial arts fighter whose nickname is ABC. She competes in the strawweight division of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, otherwise known as UFC. Utilising a boxing approach, the 26-year-old entered the UFC via the famed MMA reality TV show, The Ultimate Fighter, and she continues to help women's MMA evolve by demonstrating great technique and showcasing her talent. The UFC summarises her fighting style as powerful, saying she's unpredictable, switches stance, utilises a good guard and has great submissions. In this interview, we just quickly discuss her story, MMA training and so on. We only had about 20 minutes, so we didn't really get into the meat, but we did cover some great topics. But before we get into that, a quick word about the affiliates. I've managed to build up some great relationships with some awesome companies. This allows me to obtain special discount codes, deals and listener exclusives. Please go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates for further information. Currently, I'm loving The Tribes Are Mentor book by Tim Ferriss, Ross Edgley's awesome new book, The World's Fittest book, and Mr. Skin, where you can see your favourite entertainment stars in very little. On it are just going from strength to strength with Alpha Brain and some awesome new supplements. So to see some free trials, special deals, discount codes and so on, please go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. Now, just for record, this was recorded before her fight with Mackenzie Dern, and I would love to have Amanda on again. We only had 20 minutes or so. Uh, I thought she was a, a superb guest. There was so much more we we're looking to cover, and I'm really intrigued in her outlook on life and fighting and training, and I think she's going to go from strength to strength. And now, let's get to the interview with Amanda Bobby Cooper. I hope you have as much fun listening to this one as I did doing the interview. Hope you enjoy. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to do this interview. I really appreciate it. So, if we met in a party or a bar or some other cliche setting and asked who you were, what you did, you know, and why people might know your name, what would you say? Um, if you met me at a party and you knew who I was, um, you know, I would just I'd probably be pretty outgoing and uh, say. You know, I'm someone that, you know, started doing martial arts from a young age and I'm just very passionate and um, about my goals and my career. And, you know, I would just, you know, have a drink with you or, you know, have a, tell a story. Now, you're a mixed martial artist in the UFC. Is there such a thing as a normal day for you? You know, is there like media um, components that you need to fulfill, the training requirements? Can you just give a kind of overview of what a standard day is for yourself? Yeah, um, you know, my whole life is, is training, fighting, eating right. Um, you know, uh, I typically wake up um, seven, eight, eight o'clock in the morning, uh, feed my dog, have breakfast, go to the gym around 10. Uh, I train for a few hours. Then I, a lot of times, you know, there'll be people at the gym. Everyone goes to lunch or, you know, maybe we go to the beach when it's summer. Uh, do a couple, you know, a couple team things with whoever is at the gym in the morning. 
um, go back home, relax a little bit, take care of my dog. Um, I live alone and I have a dog with, that I obviously have a dog that I you know play with and, you know, he keeps me company. And then, uh, at night I go back to the gym and, uh, train with a team. Uh, the night, nighttime classes are pretty, pretty hard and, um, always live work. So I get a bunch of good work in at night and then I just go home, watch TV. Or I might go to the movies with my teammates and then I head off to bed. Well, you can't get a much better training partner than a dog. You know, there's nothing better than taking your dog and they all they want to do is walk and run and just keep going. It's that motivation, you know, to push you a bit farther and push you harder. Oh, yeah. He's kind of a, he's kind of a wuss, though. I, you know, I try to take him on runs. He's about he's good for about three miles. And what sort of dog is he? It's a, He's a, 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 a pit bull. And I've had pebbles before, they usually have more energy. He's pretty lazy. So MMA is a multi-layered sport where you've got punching, kicking, you've got Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, you've got grappling, all the kind of different components. So how do you actually sit and, you know, build a fight camp? How do you plan for an opponent? How do you analyze? You know, how do you make sure you're ready um, for each opponent that you're fighting? Yeah, I um, typically, you know, find out I have an opponent. I get with my coaches. We watch film uh, a couple times just to know, you know, what they're doing, what their game plan is. At this level, I pretty much know who everyone is and, you know, know the type of fighters that I'm, I'll am i be up against. So, um, But I definitely do watch it, and you know, I think not only, you know, what their strong points are, about, but I think about what my strong points are and how they go up against, you know, my opponent. So, um, you know, I watch it a few times in the beginning of my fight camp, and then, I get into training, and then definitely, you know, a couple of weeks out before the fight, we watch it again and just make sure we're not missing anything. And um, there's not a whole lot, you know, you can do within, you know, that that short notice, you know, like two weeks out, you know, there's not much I can do, but it just makes sure I'm on the right track. And um, that's just, you know, I try a lot of train a lot of, you know, what I'm doing and what works for me and um, keep in mind what my opponent is going to do and anything that they'll be trying to do during the fight. So is the fight camp, is that set up to focus on your opponent uh, or do you look at like where their weaknesses are and focus on your own strengths or do you look to build up your own weaknesses compared to what the opponent might exploit? Yeah, I think um, I try not to overwhelm myself with too many new techniques during fight camp. Uh, that's what I use like outside of fight camp for. And, um, but, you know, during fight camp, I'll, I'll look at the videos and give my team, my coaches and he'll say that this is really important for this fight and you need to drill that. And I do a lot of drilling and a lot of love work. So when you're just doing your normal prep work and you're training and, you know, you're developing your skills, you know, away from a fight camp, is there such a thing as a standard week? You know, I mean, because there's so many different components of jiu-jitsu, of martial arts, of striking, etc., do you just work on what you feel that needs working at the time or is there more of a structured plan that you sort of utilize? Uh, well, my the night classes are a lot of um, technique. Uh, I've been to a lot of gyms, and my gym, I think, especially um, focuses a lot of technique and a lot of drilling. So uh, during the mornings when I go in, it's basically just for me. I do strength conditioning that's just for me, or I do pad work that's just for me. It's really tailored drilling just for me. It's really tailored to me. It's like private lessons with each of my coaches. Uh, and then at nighttime, I do a lot of drilling. There's jiu-jitsu five nights a week. There's you know MMA three nights a week. There's Muay Thai classes. So you know, um, at night I get a lot of um, technical work, um, and then at the end of classes, there's always live work, so it's really good. 
uh, I think my gym does a really good job at, you know, making sure there's a lot of doing for each aspect of MMA and there's a lot of live work for each. So I've recently been doing, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu now for about eight months and something I really struggled with was, well, turning on the aggression, you know, I could roll with people and I wouldn't strike when I thought I could, you know, really utilize my strength or really go for the kill, so to speak. So, you know, they were taking, um, my opponent would take advantage of my sort of hesitancy. You know, is it a way to turn on the aggression? Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? You know, should you be looking to, you know, to use your aggression during a fight or is that the wrong way of looking at it? Well, you know, I think it, I, I obviously started martial arts when I was 10 or 11 years old, so a little different for me, but um, I think the the important thing that you got to remember when you're teaching, especially kids, is that it's it's not um, an anger sport. It's not something that, you know, you fight because you're angry or you fight because um, you don't like the person. You, you fight, you know, a lot of people are fighting. They wouldn't get into the sport if they didn't um, like it. So, you know, it's just uh, something you you got to realize that it's, you actually fight worse when you're angry. Um, you don't want to hurt your opponent, you know. Obviously, I I, I want to win. I want to do what I have to do to win. If that involves them hurting, <laughs> that's okay. But um, when you're in the gym and you, you're not thinking of, like, strangling people, you're thinking of, like, does my technique work? You know, why why are why are my moving when they move? Why do they move when I, you know, move them? And just think of it as an art, as a sport. And, you know, it's a, it's a game. It's a chess piece. It's a chess match. So um, I think just remembering and always telling, you know, you and your head that this is a sport and not um, – not something that's aggression filled or um you know i never really had to think about it that way just only for the fact that i think i started at such a long young age that um it all made sense to me when i got older so after each session you know is there something that you do do you have a routine a way of analyzing it to see where you were going well and how you could fix it and how you can improve it you know, do you use things in addition to this like writing a journal meditation you know how do you continually approve apart from the training um each fight camp i do keep a um, training log and a food log so um you know i write down what i did the day for training i write down everything that goes into my mouth um and then at the end of the day i always write myself on a scale one to ten like how i did that day how i felt it's always like on a scale one to ten like you know what you know maybe i write down a seven and that's because i ate really well i had some carbs i trained well i felt good i didn't train too hard and that way i can kind of see like what my body is good at what i feel good at what i need to train to not overtrain, to train enough to feel like i got enough workout um and then i you know each fight that it helps with food too each fight's different i can see like oh last fight camp i, I started eating this when it was four weeks out and it helped me have more energy and um i think that's important um, I also do a lot of visualization. I write in a journal every night about, you know, goals for the next day. I always set a goal. Um, I always write, you know, one thing I can get better at, one thing I did really well, and that helps me as well. So how is your training set out? You know, is it is it very rigid that you have to do five sets of this or three times five of this, you know, or is it quite fluid and you just kind of see how you feel and you just take it with a pinch of salt, you know, you do this and you think, oh, I need to work on that, you know. How how do you approach your training? Uh, yeah, um, you know, I, if I go to strength, if I know tomorrow strength conditioning, I will put, don't, always go to max rep, you know, or like my strength conditioning guy says do 10 to 12 
or 10 to 15. I always go to what he took, the 15. So that's just, you know, a small goal that I'm like, I know when I'm lifting, I know I don't cheat myself out, go to the max because you'll be proud of yourself. Or, you know, maybe I'll set a goal that says challenge. I, I like to, you know, um, always have a competition because um, I think it um, it makes you, even if you're uncomfortable in the situation, maybe a uh, goal I have one day, I say, I'm going to go up to uh, Danny because Danny's really good at jiu-jitsu. And I'm going to say, Jan- Danny, I challenge you to a 10-minute match. Um, let's see who can get the most taps. And I think always challenging yourself and putting yourself, like challenging someone in the open like that um, does well. That way, you know, when fight comes and you're standing next to your opponent squaring off of them, You've just you've just been through so many challenges and uncomfortable situations. You're not uncomfortable at that point. So what's it like, in, you know, on the back, you know, when you've got your hands taped and you're ready to go? You know, what kind of thing goes through your mind? Do you have any sort of rituals that you do? Is there anything that you know you focus on? Do you have certain songs you play? You know, or do you just sit in and soak up the atmosphere? You know, if if we watched you in the back just before a fight, what sort of things would you do and be thinking about? Yeah, um, before I get my hands wrapped, you know, we get to the venue. I'm, we have a lot of time, so I'm just kind of watching the fights, hanging out with my, my coaches and my um, you know, team. I feel, you know, I'm just kind of relaxing, trying not to think about it too much, get up, kind of stretch around. Um, then I get my hands wrapped, and it all kind of goes into play from there. I start warming up and feeling the fight and, and allowing myself to feel nervous or, or excited or whatever feelings I got. Um, I allow that, but before the fight, I try not to like, you know, allow that too much. I try to just block it out and um, just relax for a little bit. So I don't have to think, I don't want to be sitting in the back, you know, nervous or, uh, you know, get myself worked up for five hours, you know. So I, after I get my hands wrapped, start warming up, um, getting loose, that's when I, you know, start to get all the excitement and all the emotions through my body. Now, something I love doing is I love training with music. You know, it kind of inspires me, gets me emotive, it gets me sort of, sort of functioning and sort of pushing like harder through the weight session and stuff like that. Do you have particular songs that you play? You know, do you have a playlist or any particular music that you listen to that gets you motivated just before the fight? I normally get a. Pl- I always uh, start a playlist during fight camp, and then I'll add. Oh, I like this song. I add this song. You know, I add, add songs to the playlist. Um, and then my playlist pretty pretty much filled up by the time um, I fight, which is really cool because I'll start to remember the times I found the songs and I was out with my team and, you know, we liked the song or maybe, you know, we're in the gym training hard one day and the song turned on and we all got excited and, you know, it kind of just reminds me of like how I, how far I've been in fight camp and um, how good I'm doing and stuff. So away from fighting, you know, in the UFC, you've also got all the media requirements where, you know, you've got to do the interviews, the sponsorship deals, the promotional tours and things like that. How have you found that? You know, have you found that a quite a struggle in addition to the fighting? Does it take, do you think it takes anything away from your time? You know, is it hard to focus on that and also doing your fighting, your training and that sort of thing? Or does it ever become enjoyable even? No, I really like it. Um, I think uh, uh, it's something I, I don't have to do too much of it, so I'm not, you know, overwhelmed. Not, you know, taken down on my training or anything. Um, I really like it. I, you know, I think I I do well with interviews, and I think I um, can, get, you know, I like it better and better at them. So I enjoy the media. I enjoy it. Uh, makes me feel, you know, I'm staying in the game. I'm, you know, staying, um, you know, mentally in it. I mean, I'm always. Even when I'm at home, if I'm doing an interview, I'm always thinking about my career and 
um, you know, what's next and what's what's behind me and what I've done. So I enjoy all the media. And is there any particular interview questions, you know, that drive you crazy that you, you know, that you feel have been answered so many times or is there questions that you get fed up of hearing that you think doesn't give like a true representation of women's mixed martial arts or, you know, the evolution of the game? Is there things that you hear that drive you crazy when you uh, you get them in an interview? You know, uh, not so much um, since I've been in the UFC, but definitely before I've been in the UFC. It was like, how do you start fighting? Um, I'm like, all right, here we go again. You know, what's your background? Now everyone, you know, knows me, so they don't have to answer answer the same questions, uh, which is really nice. But yeah, definitely before I got really annoyed with all the basic basic questions that people could ask. Yeah, because I mean that's the side of the the podcast that I wanted to be on. I wanted to be the the side which asked the questions that nobody else was asking, not the same old things, you know, that you could just take somebody else's podcast, you know, and change the name at the top, and you'd hear the same answers again and again and again. I wanted to be the one that asked the questions that made people really think or consider. Maybe they change a different way of looking at things. And, you know, there's just too many of these interviews where it's the same thing. Why did you get into it? Why did you do that? You know, what made you fight? How does it like taking a punch and that sort of thing? You know, these things have been covered to death and it's just so boring when you hear them. But, you know, it's nice to see that you know your approach to it is to actually just go okay this give me a chance to learn to develop but it must get really really irritating yeah that's exactly it it's so it's and people want to know that people you know it's not a thing that you know i i can definitely understand why people are asking those um but you're right it is uh it is annoying, and I always want to do interviews because I think, you know, I never know who I'm going to interview with. I don't know how good it's going to be. I don't know how, you know, but I always want to do them. Um, and so, you know, something I think about before I do them, I wonder how bad, you know, how boring this is going to be. And But I'm still going to do them. I still enjoy doing the interviews. I, You know, I like talking to people, so it's good. Well, something I struggle with, I mean, I've been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu now for how many months it is, eight, ten months, something like that. Something I struggle with, you know, is like, if you're rolling with somebody and you lose uh, or you do something stupid and you get caught in a choke and that at the moment I'm finding it's a struggle, you know, to let go of the ego to really kind of just go, okay, and go again. You know, I focus on the bad things and I find my head and my confidence slips down and I kind of get into some internal BS in my head that saps at my confidence and I really struggle when I'm competing with others. So, you know, is it a way that you can overcome this? How do you deal with losses in, you know, matches, losses in roles and stuff like that? How do you just go, okay, nope, not thinking about it, and move on to the next one and just focus on that? You know, how do you stop looking in the past and just deal with what's in front of you, you know, the next role, you know, and learn from it and just keep going? Right. Um, you know, in the gym, it's different. It's a reset button. If I have a bad round, I go, all right, reset. This is a new round. You know, I have to think of it like a fight. What I just, what I, be bad the next round because I wasn't great the next, you know, I'm amazed and not, you know, you don't, I've seen people get destroyed for two and a half rounds and then come back and win. So you just gotta, you gotta stay in it and remember, and that can happen in training. Like I could get, it's not, as soon as I start to break mentally, that's when my body physically breaks as well. And, um, you know, they go, they go hand in hand. So I just got to remember that, um, 
you know, it happens and I need to reset. So uh, it's important. I really like that. You know, I, I never really kind of considered having a, like a reset button in my head. So how do you do that? You know, is that something that you say? Is that an action that you take when you want to kind of restart like that, you know, like um, emotional training freedom or whatever it's called the etf you know where they you tap your hand in a certain way and that kind of resets you and restarts you you know how do you do this what kind of reset button do you have and how could somebody create their own and that you know that way that you're not a a reset button you know just like something you had that you you think of um in between you know maybe in between rounds maybe you got upset you got tapped out you gotta you gotta start with another person again this is, I'm talking about training. There's a, there's a reset button. I think people should have in their head or reset, you know, mantra that they say, um, in their head to get over the bad role they had or bad loss. But in a, in a fight, when I lose, you know, um, you know, just take time. It's, you know, I hang out with my family and I feel, I feel what it like, you know, hang out with my coaches. I go back to the gym. I have fun again. I, I don't have a fight to stress about. I, um, you know, I, I started to think about all the, all the things I've done in my career and all, all the things I want to do. And, um, yeah, I was actually getting tattooed yesterday and my tattoo artist said, you know, it's, it's what happens if they, you know, and he's like, I know I'm not the best tattoo artist in the world, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't tattoo people. And same thing, you know, with fighting doesn't mean, you know, that your opponent may have been better yesterday or it may have been better last month. It may have been better last year. They might still be better, but that doesn't mean you quit fighting. Doesn't mean you give up. Doesn't mean you train less, you know, it just means you get back in there and, you know, work harder and keep doing what you love to do. Well, something that annoys me, you know, is the fact that a lot of the way that guys on the media and the entertainment world look at, you know, women's mixed martial artists is that they're judged on their looks first. They're not by their talent. So you see, you know, like with the guys, it's the training camps, it's the montages of them sweating out in the gym and this like a highlight reel videos and stuff like that. But then when it turns to the women, you know, it focuses them on wearing bikinis on the beach or it like, you know, these maxim photo shoots, FHM, these sort things do you find it kind of annoying that women will still be judged on their appearance how they look you know how sexy they are in photo shoots and things like that and you know that's where men and that focus on do you, does that drive you crazy where it should be more on what you're doing the competition because there's some amazingly talented people out there and it, it's quite sad that you know we're judging on a physical attribute of somebody rather than the talent that they possess no i um i don't know i don't really see i think uh women that promote themselves in an attractive way or sexy way or however they promote themselves um it's good you know i think the sport needs everyone i need they need people that are just tough dirty gritty girls i need girls that look you know it'd be boring if everyone was the same fit and the same personality and the same way to promote themselves um i think women you know at Paige van zandt for example uh, she promotes herself in, in a very good way. She's got a lot of sponsors. She's got a lot of attention. She does great, great photo shoots. And then people always say, oh, wow, she's only in the UFC or she only got that fight because of a good look. And, you know, I disagree with that. I think she's very, she got there because she's very talented. She works extremely hard. And, of course, she's good looking. So, you know, it helps. But I think they overlook people's talent a lot. A lot of women, they overlook the talent because they see good looks. And that's not fair to the women. I don't think, you know, it's not pleasing fault is attractive you know um i just think uh yeah i mean that was kind of answered your question 
think that, you know, that's very well said. So what do you want people to take, you know, from this interview? I know that we've, we didn't have much time and we're just kind of covering the basics and I'd love to have you on again, but, you know, if there's a sort of go home message, you know, that you just wanted somebody to remember from this, what would it be? Uh, you know, I don't know anything specific. Uh, you know, I just want, you know, people to, you know, realize that, you know, fighters, you know, they work hard and they, um, which I think especially females have to work extra hard and, uh, you know, it's a tough sport. It's, it's you know, depressing. Even after everyone fights, it's, it's depressing because you get so much attention for so long and then it shuts down and you've got nothing. And, um, you know, just, I think there's a, there's a lot of hate out there and I know I have great fans. I have, I don't actually get a lot of hate, but. I see a lot of other people get in. It's just not fair. I, I want fans to realize that no, we work really hard, and you know, there's a lot of a lot of work to put out yourself on the line like that. So just remember, you know, we're fighters. We work hard, and you know, we love what we do. But give it, give, give some people a break. Now, you you made the transition, you know, from boxing to MMA. Was there a reason for this when you were younger or, you know, did you just like the change or, you know, did you find it a natural evolution to go from a striking sport into maybe more of a, a grappling sport? You know, did you sort of think, okay, you you liked the idea of striking and you wanted to test yourself in the other realms of fighting? Um, uh, no, you know, people... Uh, my dad started boxing and then got my two older sisters into boxing. So at one point, me and my two older sisters all boxed growing up. My sister won prom queen with two black guys. You know, I came from a fighting family. And uh, I actually started boxing at the age of 10 because I was getting pushed around at school. And I wanted to learn to box so I can go in and fight a girl. But it actually ended up never happening. Now, you mentioned your father there. Did he have an impact on you when you were younger? You know, did he motivate you into training and taking uh, boxing and things like that? Did he compete himself? Um, you know, what kind of involvement did your parents have on your fighting career? And, you know, did they help at all with your your interest in the mixed martial arts? Uh, no, my dad wasn't anything fantastic great. He was a amateur boxer and then went into the Marines and boxed. Uh, in the Marines. So, um, you know, but then he had kids and, and stopped. And I think he, he got my sisters and I into boxing just to stay in shape and to show us, you know, something new. And um, he definitely supported me the most out of anyone, took me to all these boxing shows around the country, um, spent all, every weekend, spent tons of money to get me what I needed and get me some fights that I needed because women, it was hard to find fights. So, uh, you know, I think he he's the one that, you know, uh, kept me in it for as long as it was, and he got me my first cage fight. So definitely owe a lot to him as my success, and because he supported me so much. So what's your focus just now? You know, because you're in between fights. How are you looking at things, or how you you know what are you doing to keep yourself fresh and keep yourself motivated and ready? You know, and like in prime condition, ready for when you get that call and you get offered that next fight. You know, how do you keep that spark alive? Yeah, I'm training right now. I, you know, I just spent a, a few months, you know, in fight camp, obsessing over a fight, obsessing over a girl, obsessing over a date. Um, so now I just get to go to the gym every day and train and just relax and have fun again. And uh, I get to, you know, coach and teach and just kind of, uh, you know, love martial arts and love enjoying getting better and improving. So, you know, just at the gym improving until now until I get a fight and then um, it's back to business. 
Well, I just wanted to say thank you very much. You know, I know we only had 20 or so minutes to do this, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I'd love to have you on again when we can fit in some more time into our schedules and we can focus on, you know, the various aspects of training of martial arts and really delve deep into the fight game because I think we've just barely scratched the surface of some of the stuff we could talk about. You know, I think you've got some a very interesting outlook on life and training, and, uh, you know, I'd love to feature that further and have you on again. Of course. I'd love it, yeah. Well, for those listening now who, you know, are kind of intrigued and want to find out a bit more about you, how can we, you know, follow your career, learn more about you? Are you active on the social media channels? You know, how can we know when your next fights are coming up and watch your training videos and that sort of thing? Yeah, um, my Instagram and Twitter handle is at ABCNation115. Um, and I'm pretty active on there, so if you message me, I'll get to you. If, um, you know, um, you want to just follow my latest training videos or see photos of my dog, go ahead, go ahead and follow me, and uh, it would be greatly appreciated. No, I really appreciate this uh, interview, and I really hope I get in touch with you again and get on another one and, you know, be able to talk a little bit more about the uh, fighting world. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening. Absorb it. Practice it. Use it. Until next time, keep trying to hit that next level in your life.